pray for you, and we're going to jump into the, this uh, word this morning. Father, thank you for who you are. Father, I would, just, I would just know for sure that you are a God who is relational, um, you're passionate about us, and you have a desire to connect with us. Lord, you're also a God, a God that looks at us, and you know there's more to us. And so you draw out of us, and you challenge us to even greater living. And so, Father, I want to pray this morning that if there be anybody, even if it's just one, who, like, that's the kind of God they need to have encounter with, then would you make yourself available and clear this morning and relevant? We pray in your Son's name. Amen. Amen. So uh, if, you've, if you've got your Bibles, uh, we're going to jump around uh, a little bit uh, in, in God's Word this morning. Um, so I'll, if you like to flip fast, that's great. If not, it's on the screen this morning, and you'll be able to kind of track through that. Um, this morning, uh, we have the pleasure of baptizing uh, Justin and Kendall. And uh, I actually met Justin and Kendall through CrossFit. And uh, one, the number one rule of CrossFit, you may not know, is always talk about CrossFit. Like, that's, that's a, like, I, like some of you, you, I can tell you do CrossFit because you're cheering. The, the others of you, you've rolled your eyes already. So I know you know someone who does it. Um, wouldn't it be incredible if like that, if that number one impulse of our relationship with Jesus Christ, like the number one just knee-jerk reaction to our relationship with Jesus Christ was to tell somebody, was to talk to somebody about it. Now, maybe we don't need to be as annoying as us CrossFitters sometimes are about it. But wouldn't it be awesome if that was our reaction to our relationship with Christ? Well, really this morning, baptism is that public display that declares just that, how central and significant. So we're going to jump into this uh, this morning and, and, uh, and just talk about uh, where we're going. Um, so I don't know if in the 80s, I was growing up, I, I started the 80s when I was about seven years old. Um, so what is it, 10 years, 17 or so when I finished off the 80s. And during that time, you know, I went through my childhood and such. And I remember one of the coolest things for me was still everything that was going on in the space world, right? I mean, they just kind of started the space shuttle endeavors and, and all that was going on with that. And it felt like we were still like venturing into new frontiers. That was kind of the thinking. And so anything space was pretty exciting uh, for a kid, I remember I was into G.I. Joe's quite a bit, the little G.I. Joe action figures, uh, big time into those. And when they started in about their third series, they started this little line with some space, uh, spaceships and spacemen. And I thought, wow, that's the coolest thing in the world. G.I. Joe's now going into space. You know, seems a little silly now. But at the time, that new frontier thinking, what would that be like for us today? I mean, what would that even look like? Like to venture into new frontier, like something kind of uncharted, something to explore, something you've never experienced or a place you've never been before. And that's kind of what we're looking at this morning, baptism. It really what baptism is, is it's a launch into a new frontier. It's declaring to everyone that they will see or that might hear, and we're going to have it on Facebook Live for some folks that couldn't make it, That's out there to say, to stand and say, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. I am launching into a new frontier in my life. And here I go. It was Lewis and Clark. They were actually launched into a new frontier when they were explorers, right? And uh, here's the interesting thing. Often when we launch somebody into a new frontier, there is a celebration that comes first. There's like a ceremony that goes along with it. That's what baptism is this morning. I mean, if a metal horse trough out there is ceremony, which we're going to make it this morning, then there's ceremony that goes along with it, right? 
Uh, Lewis and Clark, when they were about to launch out, uh, you may know, if you're a historian, you may know about the journeys of Lewis and Clark and all those kind of things. Um, but you may not know that before they left, there was a huge celebration and party that was thrown for them for what they might find. And they were a little humbled by this. They were embarrassed, actually, by this celebration. And Clark actually wrote this in his, his diary when he talked about his embarrassment for such a party being thrown. And he says, not yet, because we have not yet done anything of consequence. I mean, what he was saying, look, we haven't found anything. We haven't done anything. We haven't even made a trail yet. And we're being launched off and celebrated as heroes. Do you know what's wonderful about God's word and about baptism? That God said, you know what's so exciting, what we want to celebrate? The beginnings. The beginning. The launching. The declaration of, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. I don't care who knows. All 120, 130 of you can know this morning. I'm going to declare that into a new frontier. So that's what we're looking at. What is baptism in itself? Why is it celebrated so much in the Christian church? Baptism is simply this. It's the outward expression of an inward change. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? It's this outward expression. It's what you see on the outside, but it's really an inward change. It's something God's done in my heart. Now, in the 80s, there was some really nice fashion that, that flew around, right? Um, and I, I got into it quite a bit, uh, as, you know, I know some of you did, because I see some of your old Facebook photos that you throw up every once in a while. Um, and it just felt really cool, the neon colors. Um, I had the wall of hair right across here, you know, that you just blow dryer it straight up like this and just hairspray until you get that nice wall. I, you know, I had that. It was really, really cool back in the day, I thought, at least. I mean, I thought. Um, but you know, in fashion, um, in the 80s, in the 90s, I mean today, I can throw on some new fashion. Like, like today, some of you could look up at me and go, man, he just doesn't really know how to dress. Um, I might help him after church. And you might throw on some new fashion for me, and I might look different. I might have an outward change. But that doesn't mean I have an inward change. An inward change is something totally different. Like, it's when inside, like, I, there's a realization in my life. You know, there's something missing. There's some path that I've journeyed that, that I've realized that's, that's really not the path I should be on. And there's this revelation of the person of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he might bring to my life. And that inward change is when I say, you know, I'm going to kind of put aside and abandon this, and I'm tracking with this guy Jesus. And it may be that somebody who's been tracking 25 years, while wow, they know way more about Jesus than I do, and you know what God says? I don't care. Just track with what you know and grow and learn. That's inward change. So in baptism today, like, I don't have any interest baptizing somebody that would like to just have an outward appearance change. It's baptizing somebody who has an inward change. And then the outward, that's just the celebration of it. That's just us promoting it before the body of believers. But there's this question in Scripture that's often asked, and I think it will help us in the next few minutes just understand a little bit more about baptism and why we do it and why it's so important. The question is this. Why is it that Jesus Christ was baptized? Uh, Did you know this? If, If you're new to the church, you may not even be aware of this fact. But we actually find at the very beginning, the very first thing Jesus does recorded as an adult, he was baptized. 
like he went down and he waited in line with all these other people that John the Baptist was baptizing, and he just waited, and the line moved, and he moved forward, and he moved forward, and he moved forward, and he got to the front, and John the Baptist, who already knew that Jesus was the Messiah, looks, and here is Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, uh, the one who is known as sinless. Here's Jesus standing in front of him, and he's supposed to be baptizing people, and baptism was tied to this like washing away of sins, coming up new and renewed and restored in life. Why was Jesus baptized? I mean, it would make perfect sense if John the Baptist, and he does in Scripture, actually would look at him and say, forget about it, Jesus. There's not a chance I'm baptizing you. In fact, I'll get in the water, you baptize me. But Jesus waits in that line, comes to John, and says, baptize me. John refuses. Jesus rebuttals, and John says, all right, I'll do this. And we find that Jesus himself, the very first thing he did before he launches out into three years of public ministry— into his crucifixion on a cross, and then resurrection three days later. The very first thing was baptism. Why? Why was a sinless Messiah in need of baptism? Here's a couple answers that that come from us. If you have your sermon notes, feel free to follow along this morning. Um, You probably have a few more notes than I'm going to walk through this morning, but I'll fill in the blanks at least for you. I don't want you to leave in a panic having a blank not filled in this morning. I know that causes a lot of anxiety when those don't get filled in. But if you got in here and you didn't get sermon notes and you would like them, you'd like to follow along, just slip up your hand and uh, there he is, Pastor Anson will run like the wind. He's like the wind and he'll run, get those for you. Hey, the first one is this. Why was Jesus baptized? This was to mark a turning point in his life. It's clear in Jesus' life that this is a turning point. You see, up to now, Jesus has had a title. The title has been Carpenter. Carpenter. Now, he's been uh, studying the Scripture far more than most were studying the Scripture. In fact, we find once he becomes uh, public in his ministry, he's already called Rabbi. But we don't actually find, in Scripture at least, the trail that he was like a straight-up, legit uh, Jewish rabbi. But he's called that by his followers immediately. His knowledge of Scripture. Even the miracles they had seen him done very early on, he got the title rabbi pretty quick. But up to this moment, when baptism occurred, Jesus was best known as coming from the town of Nazareth, being the son of a carpenter. That's what he was known for. In fact, as one of the disciples, when he comes and he says to, a, to a, a, a fellow person that would become a disciple, he says, come see this person. It, it might just be the Messiah. Uh, this person, well, where are they from? Nazareth. Oh, oh. can any good come from Nazareth? That's what actually is uttered by this person. That's what Jesus is known of up till now. Uh, just a carpenter from Nazareth. Baptism marks a complete turning point in his life when he's baptized. From here on, do you know things that he would be called? He's called in the book of John over and over and over, Son of God. Son of God. He refers to himself even as Messiah, but even before he utters the words Messiah, it's already being said of him that he is the chosen one, the Messiah. After baptism, these titles are put on him. It's a turning point in his ministry, in his life. You see, for me, I was 17 years old, 
and I became a Christian. It just clicked for me. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have that background. Some of you are just like me. But it, it clicked. It connected after being in a year of youth programs, eating pizza, playing games, and looking at the girls. Something clicked that there was more to this, that Jesus had a central role to play in my life. And so that's where I surrendered my life at 17 years old. And then I got to be baptized. Here's the coolest part, for me at least, maybe not for you. Um, I was baptized in a horse trough just like that. Um, now, I had a nice skirt around it. Um, I guess we haven't taken the time to do that on ours yet. Sorry, Kendall and Justin. It's just what it is, right? But I was, I was saved in a country parson's church and baptized in a horse trough. And it was a turning point in my life. In fact, two weeks after that, I sat down with my youth pastor, and he said to me, and I didn't know it at the time, but he was seeing something that, that I wasn't seeing at the time, and he says, hey, what do you think about, what do you think about driving with me out to uh, Azusa Pacific? It's one of a college that's about 40 minutes away, and while we're up there, we'll just shoot down and see this other college, Biola University as well. I said, yeah, I'll do that as, you know, free trip is what I thought. Little did I know the seed was being planted for me to attend a Christian college, Little did I know that the seed was being planted for me to consider studying ministry in college. And, of course, at that time, little did I know that I would go into ministry and become a pastor, a youth pastor at 18, and then continue on in some ministry capacity all the way up to, what, to where I am today. It was a turning point. Like today, when I look at, at, at Kendall and Justin being baptized, like, it's a turning point. I know because I've sat with them and I've talked to them and I've asked questions about life. Where have you been? Where are you going? What's God doing? How's he speaking to you? What are you still struggling with? Those type of questions, and we walk through it. Jesus gives this model of a turning point. I wonder today, like, do you need a turning point in your life? Like, would you say, man, that, that is like perfect for me to hear. Uh, you don't have to stand up and shout it right now, but like you, you would say, I really need a turning point in my life. I need a turning point. You see, I've been tracking up to now with everything that I might know in the way that I might do life, and there still is like this dread or emptiness in my life. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, like you're a miserable human being. That's not what we're talking about. But you know that if I were to quote to you the verse in, in the Bible that says, from Jesus, I come that you might have life and more life than you ever dreamed of, you would say, that's not what I'm experiencing. I wonder if turning point this morning like, this is time for a turning point to say yes to Jesus Christ. Did you know that in God's Word, baptism is always connected with immediate conversion? Meaning that when somebody says yes to Jesus Christ, we find in the Bible they're baptized. Now, the lone exception was the thief on the cross. Jesus did not get him off the cross when he was, was confessed to Jesus. But we find that it's tied to baptism, Somewhere along the line, kind of in our contemporary church setup, we have gone to, you become a Christian, you know, one night, just like me, I was at a camp and said yes to Jesus Christ, and then later on you schedule kind of the baptism because the church makes a ceremony of it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I want you to understand from a New Testament perspective, people are like, I'm ready to be a follower of Christ. And then somebody says, well, cool, let's go down the river, let's get baptized, let's do it right now. So this morning, I wonder if it's a turning point for you. I wonder if it's time for you to just say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go this route of making Jesus the Lord of my life. And if you're so bold, now you could wait to our next baptism if that's you, 
But if you were so bold this morning to say, yeah, that's me. I'm ready for a turning point entirely. I know you're not on the baptism agenda this morning, but I'll put you on it in a heartbeat. And one of the most joyous things we do around here is when we have what we call spontaneous baptism. Somebody just says, Lord, look, this is the moment in my life. I'm surrendering my life to Christ, and I want to come up and be baptized and declare that publicly. It's the beginnings that we celebrate. Now, we won't leave you hanging after that. We want, to ba- we, we want to disciple you. We want to tell you more about Jesus Christ, and we'll talk to you about how that works, but a turning point. Here's the second thing. Um, Jesus is baptized as this public confession of his commitment to God. Like Jesus is making this public confession. I was sitting with a lady one time. This is years ago, long before I was at this church. And, and she said this phrase that at the time, because I was a younger minister, it wasn't as common of a phrase. But since about 10 or 12 years have passed since then, I see it's much, much more common in our thinking. She said, well, I'm a Christian, but that's kind of a private thing with me. I don't necessarily tell others about that. Now, listen, folks, I'm the first to tell you that nowhere in God's word does God say, hey, go out and really be an obnoxious jerk with your faith. Like, like go out and tell people how terrible they are and how sinful they are and, you know, they're turn or, you know, turn or burn kind of thinking. Like, we don't find that in God's word that he says that's what we're to go do. But at the same time, it would certainly seem, and it's certainly backed in Scripture, that we want to talk about our faith. Like, we want to talk about what God has done in our life. That there are times when we want to declare our commitment to Him and how significant He is. I mean, I'll do it with the Atlanta Braves, right? I will sit and tell you all about the great things you need to know about the Atlanta Braves, even though they're under 500 this year and not doing very well. Um, I'll put a spin on it that makes them sound like it, they, they're worth your watching. But how about with our relationship with Christ? You see, Jesus is making this public declaration to everyone. My commitment is to God. That's where my commitment lies. My highest commitment and my connection is to God. It's an interesting uh, thing here in, in Jesus' commitment because it would seem like we would go, well, duh, Jesus. I mean, Son of God, right? Messiah. You know, of course, your commitment. But does everyone around them know that? No, they're just figuring out who Jesus is. They're wowed by his sermons, or will be very soon. They're certainly going to be wowed by his miracles and the way he interacts. They would be completely awestruck when he went to the cross. But Jesus right away is declaring, my commitment is to God full tilt. Hey, why do we do weddings? Did you know that in the state of North Carolina, this is what you need to get married. You need a wedding certificate. You need a person who has some type of licensing. That licensing could actually be uh, uh, obtained in about a 15-minute uh, form fill out online, and you can become ordained in some, some type of uh, organization or church that I'm sure you've never heard of. Um, and then all you have to do is, is declare some form a vow, some form. I love you. I love me. You want to? Yeah. Okay. We're done. I mean, like it can literally be done in about two minutes. Like why do these pastors drag on these services so long, right? You know, when you go to a wedding. Well, I mean, I'll tell you why. Because we know when we look at the dad, he's flipping the bill. And we're like, we got to let him get his money's worth. So we're just going to keep going on and on and on. Ceremony is so important, Right? I mean, it's, it's incredibly important. Shri and I celebrated 21 years on Thursday. 21 years of marriage, right? Yeah. And I, listen, 
I almost, almost thought about possibly watching our wedding video uh, again. I have not seen it. Since. No, I think we did watch it once. Um, why do we do ceremony? Because we know how important the moment is. And we want to lift it up and we want to celebrate it to the highest degree. We want to confess before everyone our love for this person. We want to look and declare. The last wedding I did, they wrote their own vows. I am always, as a pastor, nervous when they write their own vows. Um, because that, that, that's the time of stumbling and, and, and fumbling around, and, and especially if they, they want to memorize it. Um, but they wrote their own vows. It was amazing what they said to one another. It was amazing. I've never heard vows written quite like they said it. It was, it was unique and clever and very, very well done. And as I'm sitting there, I, I, I'm just standing there, and, the vow, and they were long, and the vows just went on, and that's what I'm sitting there. Like, this is public confession, public confession of our love and what I'm going to do for you and how I'm going to be committed for you. And it's not going to be a short term. Like, we're not over next week. We're going on and on and on and on with this. It's so significant. That's what a wedding ceremony does. That's what marriage does. Oh, and so it, it's amazing. Why, when you're uh, in court and you get found guilty, does the judge then turn to you and actually says, I need you to allocute in court. Like, you need to say what you did, what happened. Because so I want you to confess it. I want to hear it. There's something about confession and declaration. And, of course, that would be in a, a terrible negative side, but there's something about that. And that's what's going on today, declaring the commitment to be a follower of Jesus Christ is significant. You know what actually holds us accountable when we make a declaration? Like if this afternoon I put on Facebook that I am all in to losing 10 pounds, there's not a chance I'm going to do that, but if I did, I'm all in losing 10 pounds, all right? And if you see like a soda can in my, this is dangerous because I got a lot of CrossFit folks here, you know, if you see a soda can, like just smack that out of my hand. Anything you don't think is clean eating, you know, just ridicule me. Um, what am I doing? I'm making a public confession of wanting this turning point that now I'm going to make this, this is my commitment. I just brought you in on it. Because if you're so bold, and I know some of you are, it's a good, bad quality you have, um, you'll say, uh, what, are you, what are you doing with those chips? What, what, what is that, uh, what's that soda you got there? And you'll lay into me on it. Today, it's a public confession and it's a form of accountability to say, hold me accountable. This is the way I want to live. I live for Jesus Christ. Here's the third one here. Jesus gets baptized as a demonstration of his humility. He actually is declaring uh, this demonstration of, of being humble before God. He is saying, look, I know, I know my place. Now we believe in the Trinity, the God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, all as one. But they play these unique roles. And Jesus says, look, uh, when I'm on earth and I play this role, I'm going to surrender myself before the will of the Father. I am, this is, I'm getting in line right here. We find in the book of Philippians chapter 2, he says it this way, Paul's writing, he says, you have the same attitude of Christ. This was, this was Christ's attitude. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. Like even Jesus Christ, Messiah, sinless, said, I'm going to humble myself before God's will. I'm following the Father. 
where he leads and what he would have me do. He's got a role for me to play while I'm in this human form here on earth. And that's what he's declaring at baptism as well. My surrender before God, before the Father. Here's a couple things I think that keep us from being baptized that kind of play into this. Uh, One is this, uh, our pride keeps us from being baptized sometimes. Our pride. You see, uh, as a pastor, sometimes God is working on me in the midst uh, of, of a crowd that I'm in. God's kind of doing something in my heart. He's kind of drawing something out of me. And you know what thought pops into my head almost immediately? Well, if I go up to the altar and they say, what, their, their pastor's going to the altar? Pastor doesn't have it all together in his life? He's got, and then I, I'm thinking, well, what if their minds start to wander? Oh, I wonder what sin he's dealing with. Oh, and on and on and on. That's pride. When God is working on, on something in me already, he's working. I, I can become, and maybe you're the same, I can become afraid of what people might think about my life. My life's not all perfect. It's, it's not all together. You might think that, right? I, I don't, if I get baptized, I mean, people are going to see my life's not all together. Let me tell you something. We already know. Like, like we know your life's not all together, Right? I mean, we're your friends, we're your family, we, you know, we, we go to the gym with you, we, we hang out at church. Like, we know, and you know it about ours as well. So why, why do we feel the need to, to pretend and, and figure it out? If God's doing some work in our life, if God's drawing us close to him, if God's declaring, go forward and confess something, make a change, let's do it. Let's just do that instead of holding on to pride. Here's what the Bible says, and it's kind of a straightforward, hard passage. It says, whoever acknowledges me, Jesus talking before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I'll disown them before my Father in heaven. You know what Jesus is really saying by that verse? Just like declare me. In any way that I'm, I'm doing business in your life, just declare me. Give me the avenue, the open door in your life in any way. And just declare it. Here's another reason I think sometimes we halt being baptized perfection. We're scared that if I get baptized, I got to be perfect. I just don't think I can measure up to that. I just don't think that's what I can be. I mean, I, I look at it like some of our board members here at the church, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can be like them. They're, they're so perfect. Now, I've been with them, so I know the other story, but, uh, but we're scared sometimes about that can I just encourage you this morning that perfection was like, was like, it was never even a word that Jesus put in a declaration of what we have to be like. Now that doesn't mean we say, hey, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Got that done, baptized, dunked, you know, got all wet, and now I'm out and I'll just do whatever I want. No, remember the turning point in our life? That's what it's all about, this turning point. But God says, look, I know you're going to blow it. I know you're probably going to mess up. You probably entertain thoughts that, that you know, aren't, aren't the best thoughts. Uh, you may make decisions, and it may take a month before you realize, oh, yeah, as I look back on that. In fact, Jesus says it this way in the book of Mark. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus said, look, that's who I'm calling, those who are, who are in need of me, which is really all of us. But Jesus starts working on us, and he just keeps working on us. 
And I've been a, a Christian now. Uh, you know, I'm, I told you I became a Christian at 17. I'm 27 years old now. So that's, no, Karen? I didn't do math right. I was, yeah, 30 some years old. Sorry. No. Yeah, close to 30 years old. All right, I didn't invert, I inverted something. So, but in that time, do you know what? Like even this past year, God has worked on me and changed something and called me into something that I didn't know 10 years or 20 years ago. I certainly didn't know when I was coming up out of the water at baptism. God keeps changing us and working on us and healing us. Here's a takeaway this morning, just a couple things uh, that point in Scripture to baptism. Jesus is standing before John. John is refusing baptism. I'm not going to baptize you, Jesus. I'm not going to baptize you. This is what Jesus says. It will be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And John consented. Here's Jesus saying, no, I'm the Son of God. I'm the Messiah. I need baptism. I need it now. It's going to happen. And John baptized him. I wonder if Jesus Christ felt how strongly the need for baptism, why sometimes as Christians we say we don't. And then here in Acts, a, a neat passage. This is Paul the apostle. If you remember, Paul was a killer of Christians. Then he became a Christian. During that conversion period, this happened. This, this priest actually came to him. God sent this priest to him. He was blinded. And Ananias said, hey, you're, you're going to receive your side again, and then we're going to have a little talk about what happened. And that's exactly what went down. And when they started to talk, Paul made a confession, a declaration of his conversion to being a follower of Jesus. And Ananias basically says, well, what are you waiting for? Acts twenty two sixteen. get up, get baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. See, right here, let's go do this. Let's make this public display right now that you're our new man. So in just a moment, we're gonna, I'm going to transition you outside, and I'm going to invite you to use like these back double doors and these double doors, and we're going to kind of transition fairly quick. We're going to invite you just to come straight out, and then we're going to get right at the baptism. So uh, parents, um, this, this isn't necessarily time to go grab your kids unless you, you've already coordinated that and you want to get your kids for baptism. That's, that's fine. Um, we probably won't linger too far out, long out there, so probably not the best time for another donut or conversation. Um, and when we're out there, we're going to kind of gather around with enough space in front for those who uh, want pictures, and, and uh, again, we're Facebook living at those kind of things. And then we're going to declare, and we're going to celebrate before our God, two people who are saying yes to Jesus Christ, that this is a turning point in my life. It's a turning point. And then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to linger for just a moment. It won't be like those old camp meeting days where we sing, you know, 29 verses of just as I am. We'll just linger for a moment. But if God has put on your heart this morning that it's time to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, become a Christian, this is the turning point, and you're like, I'm ready to do it right here and now, we'll, we'll baptize you on the spot. In fact, even in anticipation, like we have clothes for you. So we have a nice Wendover Hill shirt. I had one on earlier. And, and a nice pair of shorts that you can take away and you can have uh, this morning. We have towels, plenty, to take care of you if the Lord's prompting you and leading you this morning. Let me pray for you. When I'll say amen, I'll just kind of invite you to head outside and form some type of semicircle around um, our, uh, our horse trough, our baptismal. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. 
Father, I'm going to pray right here, right now, Lord, if there be somebody this morning that uh, they did not come this morning thinking baptism was on their agenda, but Father, you're the one calling. Um, If that person is here this morning, Father, I pray that you would just draw them right up this morning to surrender their life to you, to say, I'm ready to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm I'm ready to have a turning point. I, I don't even understand it all, Lord, but I just know that's the life I want. If that's you this morning, just declare it in whatever words you want to declare it. Uh, Lord, be, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Surrender my life to you, however you want to say it. And in an instant, the Bible says you're a child of God. And we give you praise for that if, you, if, if any of you did that this morning. So Lord, now may we celebrate, may we celebrate greatly baptism, new life, turning point in you. We pray in your son's name. Amen. All right, so uh, and just saying, as we head out there, remember, you don't get another shot at this celebration. So come loud when they come up out of that water, and uh, we'll celebrate that. So I would invite you to go ahead and come out. You can use these, these two doors right over here. You're welcome to take your stuff or leave it if you want to come back. Um, but we'll meet you right out at the baptismal.